Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. We are here with King Czar. Now, I'll uh, have a minute. Tell everybody who you are. Well, uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, if you haven't seen me, uh, you know, I go by King Czar, Czar, um, old stage name, real name is Czar, kind of some dictionary, mean the same thing. Uh, man, I do everything, sports, movies, you know, wrestling, I mean, which is obviously a sport, but I can talk about everyday topics. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, lucky to be on the show, Ian, you know, at Rocco. You know, we've been doing big things around, you know, different areas, and we're looking to bring something new and something good for y'all today. All right. Now, the biggest topic in the NFL has no doubt been the Aaron Rodgers situation with Green Bay. And before we get into teams and really what their trade offers can be, I got to ask, since you are a Cowboys fan, would it be possible? Would it be in Jerry Jones' noggin for him to call up Green Bay and go, hey, if we offer you this, would you be willing to come to Dallas? Would that ever happen, or is he in love with Dak Dak Prescott so much that he's not uh, untradeable? Well, I'm going to try to say this as me. I'm going to be unbiased, so I'm going to take my Cowboy fan hat off. So this is how – and I know you were going to come – I know you were going to go there, and I was looking at some of the the rumors – which we're not really a part of. So my thing is this, Aaron Rodgers to the Cowboys, would it make sense? So rumor has it, they want three first round picks. So we'll get into it, but a couple of teams scenarios are offering, you know, three first round picks and a quarterback, their quarterback, you know, obviously, and a third round pick. My thing is this, Aaron Rodgers, I think personally might be the best quarterback I've ever seen. This is the number that sticks out to me, 38. That's his age. Yes, I know Brady is 43 and won a Super Bowl. That's five years older. However, Brady is a pocket quarterback, statue in the back pocket. Aaron Rodgers has already had some injuries. He's more mobile. He uses his legs. Can he last till he's 43 years old? No. So, no, I would not trade the house just to try to win a Super Bowl with a 38-year-old quarterback. Now, with our weapons and Aaron Rodgers, oh, man, it would be fascinating. However, I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott, and I, I, I'm content to just roll what we got. Now, if they were to say, hey, you know, Jerry, we'll take Dak. We want three first-round picks. you got a prime quarterback. We'll take him maybe a first-round pick? Maybe. Other than that, no, I'm not trading the house for Aaron Rodgers. Now we're talking about Aaron Rodgers' trade offers. The first team and the odds-on favorite, according to DraftKings, is the Denver Broncos. I mean, over the last 48 hours, 72 hours, they have really been the main team on the block. And we've actually had the trade offer in front of us. Like, we really have what they want out there in Denver. And if you and if I, I'm going to read it out to you. Drew Locke. A 2022, 2023, 2024 first round pick and a second and a third rounder. Do you think that would be enough from Denver's side to get Aaron Rodgers or would they have to add a little more? Would they have to include a little more juice in there in order to get Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver? So you said you said a 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2024 first. Did you also say a 22nd second? A 23rd. That's correct. Yes. Hell yes, I'm taking that trade if I'm Green Bay. Dude, you're talking about three first round picks in a row, a second round pick next year, and a third round pick the year after, and Andrew Luck? There ain't no way I'm turning that down. And and Luck is kind of a throw in because you got love, your future. So you can be like, hey, let Locke play this season if, if Love, you don't feel, is ready. But if not, you know, he, he again, he's just a stepping stone to, you know, Love is ready to play. 
but that that is crazy. And if that's what Denver offered them, because on draft day, for a second, I heard the trade was close. Then all of a sudden it went cold. I'm curious to be know what happened behind closed doors in that trade. It will always be interesting to what happened behind closed doors. It's all secretive. They really don't want you to know. And with that trade offer, it does sound nice and everything sounds great. But I feel like Drew Locke was probably the thing that made it go down because Drew Locke really doesn't have that high of a trade value out there on the roster. So it makes me wonder if they removed him and brought in maybe a Cortland Sutton or they replaced him with somebody else in that trade offer. It's like Madden. If anybody's played uh, franchise mode of Madden, you'll know sometimes you replace one player with somebody else, the trade will immediately go uh, get accepted. So could that happen in Denver if they are just that close and they only need to make one slight change? How about making Cortland Sutton the guy that has to get traded, not Drew uh, Locke? Well, that was funny because that was the second offer. Now, again, I don't know if these are rumors, predictions of what it would get done to get Aaron Rodgers, but I have written down the second scenario, Gordon Sutton, the same three first-round picks and a second-round pick, but there is no third-round pick in 2023. Now, if I'm Green Bay, what I want – so basically the difference is you're taking lockout in the third-rounder of – two years from now for Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. What I, which one would I do? I would probably take the Cortland Sutton because again, we have love as our quarterback. We will, we'll lose in that third round pick, but Sutton and Parker, I know Adams for the next, you know, whatever, that's a really good combination. And so I'm rolling with the second package. As we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and the trade offers here on the sports angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with King Czar. Let's move over to the local team here of the sports angle, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders. And there was a trade offer that was popped up on this side that I believe is really intriguing, and that is the Raiders would trade Max Crosby, Jonathan Abram, three first-round picks, 2022, 2023, and 2024, and a 2022 third-round pick. Would the Raiders, I'm not going to say give up too much, would the Raiders have to add more or would the Packers want something on the offensive side of the ball to make that trade work? Because both of those players, Abram and Crosby, are defensive guys for the Raiders. So would they have to flip it and maybe add you know, Josh Jacobs or maybe add Henry Ruggs, someone on the offensive side, to make that trade work? Or would the Raiders have to give up more in terms of capital in order to accept that trade? I mean, my, my thinking is this. I, I know Mayock a little bit. You know, obviously, you know, he was, you know, just a big, you know, experience-wise being a GM going from actually being a scout, doing these draft mocks and ranking these players. I know Ruggs and, and the running back Jacobs, I don't think they're going nowhere. I mean, in my opinion. Now, obviously, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you know, you don't want to – Why? what's the reason that they're saying he wants out of Green Bay? I don't have no help, right? So are you going to take potentially the best receiver and or the running back? So I would say no, you know, in my opinion. I think, again, that's, that's the house. You get two good players on defense, which is their Achilles heel. So in my opinion, I, I, I'm taking it as is. If I'm Oakland, I'm not throwing in anything else. That is way too much for a 38-year-old quarterback. There has been a reoccurring theme with those uh, first two that we mentioned. They are in the AFC. We heard about the 49ers on draft day potentially giving up that top five pick to get him. We've also heard about rumors and speculation about the New Orleans Saints as well, they're one of the um, high odds on favorite, according to DraftKings, to land him. Do you believe that this is an accurate statement to say that the Packers will refuse to trade within the NFC? That if oh, Aaron Rodgers does get traded, it will be to an AFC team, similar to what they did with Brett Favre back in 2008? Absolutely. I said that when the 49ers were the first team that actually reached out to them. And they offered, again, similar three first-rounders, you know, whatever the case. 
they're dream, they're not that stupid. They're not going to treat not only the division but the NFC conference as a whole. No way, no how. He would definitely if it happens. I, again, I'm calling Denver, but again, Las Vegas. Now they're throwing in Cleveland, which is kind of funny to me with all this Mayfield. Now he's coming into his own, but. Yes, it will definitely, I would say almost 100%, it would be AFC if you were to get traded. As we're continuing the Aaron Rodgers trade offers conversation here on the Sports Angle, there is a team that hasn't really been brought up, but I feel like it should be addressed because there could be a swap that happens. What if the Green Bay Packers called up the Houston Texans and there was a Deshaun Watson for Aaron Rodgers situation? We've heard about the draft picks and we've heard about the draft capital, but we've rarely heard about swapping quarterbacks. And this still would apply to the AFC not being in the NFC conversation. So what would be the likelihood of Houston and Green Bay striking a deal and trading Watson for Rodgers? I mean, that, that's a mess. It's tough, man. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in their shoes. We have no idea what's going to come out of that Watson news. I mean, if, if everything is crystal clear, oh, I'm jumping on that. That that will suck for love because <laughs> he damn sure ain't playing no time soon. If everything is you know good, you know good with uh, Watson. But if I'm if I'm the Texans, based on what's going on, absolutely, I'm doing that. If I'm Green Bay, do you is it is it a gamble? You tra- you you could potentially be trading Aaron Rodgers for nothing. If, you know, you know, I don't, again, I don't know if it's, if there's a conviction, is he suspended for a year? I mean, does he go to jail? Like, I have no idea. You know, we're talking outside the laws now. So I, I, if I, I don't know if I'm Green Bay, I'm staying away from that. unless I get more inside information on the internet situation. But, you know, if I'm Houston, I, I would definitely entertain it because what do you got to lose if you're Houston? And then I'm going to talk about the craziest idea. And this is so left field. It's not even funny. But what if one generational type talent was traded for a guy that is considered the next best thing? What if Aaron Rodgers was traded to Duval County? And what if the Jacksonville Jaguars traded Trevor Lawrence for Aaron Rodgers? Now, a lot of people are going to look at this crazy, but hear me out here. Urban Meyer has actually had prior experience with Aaron Rodgers. He was at University of Utah around the same time as Aaron Rodgers was playing at Cal. Anybody who knows the whole situation there. Let's also talk about the fact that Urban Meyer has always had certain things to say about Aaron Rodgers throughout his career. So could it be a possibility that the Jacksonville Jaguars could trade Trevor Lawrence for Aaron Rodgers? No way, no how. And the reason why is now you're talking about a brand new, everything is, it's almost not, I wouldn't say an expansion team. Cause like I said, I actually predicted Jacksonville as a sleeper in, in a wild card this year, but you got a new fully system coming in brand new, almost from scratch. And just that they have some nice pieces there with chart, you know, with Robinson and it's, I'm still kind of scratching a little bit on the East end, but then again, you know, it, it is a two-back lead, you know, you know, these days. I just, in fantasy, I hate dealing with that situation when I got Robinson. That's another story. But, again, I don't think this team is looking to, hey, let's get Aaron Rodgers, let's go for a Super Bowl this year. They're looking to build this franchise from ground up. Lawrence is going to sell a lot of tickets. It's also a fine. I know Aaron Rodgers would as well, but it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel like it would be something – that they would be interested in doing. I think they're, they're, this draft, what they're bringing in, man, I think the fans are in for a treat. Just stamp at and continue the process. As we are continuing the Aaron Rodgers trade offers conversation here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco or Kelly. We're here at Kings R. Now, here's the unpopular one. And this has also been on the odd sheets as well for DraftKings. They're kind of lower on the list, but still a possibility. What if he went to what the NFL version of the evil empire. What if he went to a team that has dominated the NFL for the past two decades under a certain guy who wears a hoodie, and that (laughs) is Bill Belichick. Now, obviously, Mac Jones, a lot of first-round picks would have to be involved, but could you imagine 
I want you to all, everyone, to close your eyes and imagine at Gillette Stadium, there's another 12 that's dominating out there in Foxborough, and that is Aaron Rodgers and not Tom Brady. Would that be a weird but also interesting scenario, Aaron Rodgers potentially picking up where Tom Brady left off out there in New England? I could see that because the, the, that's actually wild, wild. You know, it's that could be a possibility that I can believe in because, again, we know Belichick is pissed that Tom Brady left, went to Tampa Bay, a team that didn't even make the playoffs, and won a Super Bowl, and they didn't even make the playoffs. And we saw what them doing uncharacteristically during the free agency, spending all that money, right? So I, I think they're prime. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're prime. They get Aaron Rodgers, I will almost hand them the Super Bowl trophy, to be honest with you, even over Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, I could see that all day long. Just, I think Belichick can do it just to get another Super Bowl and maybe even retire. You know, go out and say, I told y'all, I, I don't need Brady. <laughs> yeah, I need Aaron Rodgers, but I don't need, you know what I mean? So, I could definitely <laughs> see that. That's definitely a possibility. We got one more trade offer before we move on to the next topic. And what if history repeated itself? 2008, the Green Bay Packers, they had kind of a veteran quarterback in the same situation with Brett Favre, and they traded him to New York. They traded him to the biggest market in the United States, New York City. So what if history repeated itself once again? What if the New York Jets with their second overall pick in Zach Wilson with some plus, plus, plus. What if history repeated itself and Aaron Rodgers is putting on that green and white out there in New York? Ah, man. Even the great Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's taking Green Bay to two NFC Championship games. You know, he, he has an all-pro tackle, all-pro receiver, uh, three really good running backs, defense suspect. Jets. Uh, nah, I mean, he'd be lucky to get them to the playoffs as great as he is. They just don't have the pieces, even for him. Now, they would go from zero or whatever. Would they win two games, one game, whatever? Around there. Yeah. They might win eight, nine games. They, uh, nah, I, I, I can't see it. I, I, Jacksonville would be a much better fit. <laughs> not, 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 not the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I, now we're going to go to the comments where your angle will be heard here on the sports angle. Only teams that can trade a three-year remaining quarterback for a three-year remaining quarterback is Broncos or Raiders. Someone also mentions three first rounders plus an experienced quarterback will be the price tag for Aaron Rodgers. You know what? I think that's an accurate statement. You know, uh, ha having an experienced quarterback and three first rounders, I could see that out there in Green Bay. So we're here on the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here at Kings R. We're going to transition, do a little recap of the 2021 NFL draft. Now, it's been about a week since it did kick off, but I wanted to know from your perspective with the Dallas Cowboys. Would you consider them a winner or a loser of this NFL draft and why? Again, let me take off my fan hat, you know, real quick. So we, we've talked about this since the draft. Obviously, it's the hot topic. This, this was one of my favorite drafts. This was a really deep draft, to be honest with you. And I went over it. There's not a ton of losers like there usually is. A lot of teams did well, and it's because this was a deep draft overall talent as far as the Cowboys so let's start at the top no one saw Horn going eight Sertan going nine right in front of us every mock draft 80 percent had us getting one of those mainly Sertan and I told you guys it never we're not going to get Sertan I thought we would get Horn though but I said the reason why Jerry whenever they project who we're getting we never get that guy it don't happen. Jerry Jones surprises people. So when Horn went eight, I was worried that Denver wasn't going to take a quarterback. So with that being said, while we were, while that hurt, 
to be able to trade down with the division rival and screw another division rival and get a third round pick and get the best defensive player on the board and Parsons, you know, as a consolation prize, I can't be mad at that. You know, our, our middle linebacker, uh, Van Der Esch, great rookie season, hasn't played a full season since. It's also a neck injury, which, you know, not, not nothing to play with. So I, I was pretty happy based on how it kind of trickled down and how we bounced back and was able to do that. Now, the still of the draft, in my opinion, was in the fourth round with the 115th pick, we took Jabril Cox. That's insane to me. That made up for everything. So Jalen Smith, Vander Esch, you don't notice. Put up or shut up. Now we did renew or re-extended it, Jalen Smith's contract. Vander Esch, we declined his fifth year. So uh, it's going to be very interesting in Dallas. Um, overall, I gave us an A, and that's because while we didn't get a, a, the, one of the two corners that everyone projected, I, I like the cat out of Kentucky, the, the Kelvin. I, I like him. I've been reading up on him. I watched a couple of games. Yeah, Kelvin Joseph, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hearing from, again, you know, we never know. It's a crapshoot. But I'm hearing this dude could be a bona fide starter, badass player in the NFL. So I think that's going to be the key to our draft is what he does. And we did also select two other cornerbacks. I like it. Sometimes it's a numbers game. You get three cornerbacks. One of them will pan out. If one of them pan out, oh, it's a hell of a draft with Parsons and Jabril Cox, right? And then last but not least about Dallas, I like the receiver. How do you say his name? Okebe Obedo, the 6'4 receiver that we got. Oh, from Stanford. Yes, I like him. Simi. Right. And then the other the other cornerback, the six foot four corner that we got who are who told Jerry Jones as soon as we drafted him, he was the best corner in the draft, although we might move him to safety because that was one thing we did not get in the draft. But overall, depending what, what the circumstances, I felt we had a successful draft. There are normally two players I slot as home run picks. As you know, you can't miss. They're going to be absolute superstars at the next level. One of them was Kyle Pitts from Florida. And the second one was Mika Parsons from Penn State. I watched his film over and over again. And I'm like, this guy is legit. Like if this guy goes to the right team, he will be a stud at the next level. He goes to the Dallas Cowboys. And I believe alongside the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons and the Cowboys had two of the best drafts in the NFL in 2021. I mean, they hit it out of the park with Parsons. Joseph was really solid. I did like um, Cox in the fourth round. And you did get an offensive lineman in uh, the fourth round, I think is going to be real solid as well. He came from Marshall. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. But was, that ball? It, was that the ball guy? Uh, Josh, Josh Ball. Ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So when it comes to Dallas, I like their picks. I like their selections. I think they did a real solid job. Now, if there was one team that you had to say did lose the draft, if there was one team you had to put on your negative cap real quick and say that they really messed up, who would it be and why? I got two. So the first team will be the Arizona Cardinals. And this is real quick, the reasons why. I like Zayvon Collins. I mean, maybe he goes at the end of the first round, maybe. Not at 16. I, I, I believe you could have got him in the second round early somewhere. I'm not sure what they picked in the second round. Uh, but I think that that was a reach. Not as bad as a Leatherwood reach at the next pick for the Raiders. But, but, but speaking of the Raiders, I don't give them a bad draft because they pretty much hit after that Leatherwood pick. But maybe I'm worried. Yeah. Right. Arizona? Um, they also, um, more the receiver out of Purdue. I'm not a huge fan of him. I, I, there was other receivers I would have took before him. Um, this, it's not really a need position. You got, who you got, you got Hopkins, you got green, you got Kurt, um, you know, second round pick for a receiver. That's really questionable. I, I'm not a fan of it. And then last is, and I know, uh, blazing is going to like this if he's watching, 
uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you you don't pass. So you got Burroughs. You got your your. He's, I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence right there. You have to protect this dude. They passed on Sewell is going to be an all-world tackle, and they passed on him just to teammate him back up with Chase. And and I thought the tackle that they did get Jackson was a big reach. I had other I had other tackles on the board, an offensive lineman higher, and I thought they tried to make up by grabbing him. Okay everybody would be okay because we did get a tackle. You can't just draft any tackle a la the Raiders again and think, you know, everything is, is well and dandy. So Arizona and Cincinnati are my two losers of the draft. So we're talking about the 2021 NFL draft here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. We're here at Kings R. I mean, you brought up the Cardinals, you brought up the Bengals. And before I give my picks for who I think won and the losers were, Let's go to the comments. Let's have your voice be heard. Bears actually surprised with how good they did. I got to take my Homer hat off, and I will agree. I think the Bears made some real solid moves during the draft. Now, the first winner that I do have, a team that I believe did really solid during the NFL draft. You know what? I'm going to go with Chicago. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a Homer, but I like what the Bears did. They went with need, need, and need. They needed to go get a quarterback. They went up and got one. They needed to help get him some uh, big boys, you know, to get that meat wall on the offensive line. Tavion Jenkins, surprised he was in the second round. They went and got him. They also added another one late in the draft around the fifth round. They picked up this real speedy running back, Khalil Herbert, from running back at Virginia Tech. And they got Newsom, this wide receiver from uh, UNC in the sixth round. So I like what the Bears did. They added at positions they needed. And I even heard that they've, un- they've signed some undrafted free agents that will add depth to their roster. So I like Chicago. I think what they did was absolutely great for them. Now, the teams I believe lost. I'm going to try to not be as negative as I can. But I'm still not a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft. I said that after day one, and I'm going to double down on that. Look, their first-round pick, Tyron, I just don't think that was the right pick for them. I understand that he could have been drafted lower in the draft, but instead the Buccaneers picked him with the last pick in the first round. I also really don't like the Kyle Trask pick. Personally, I don't think that he's going to be a great quarterback at the next level. I've never have been, and I never will think that he'll be a next uh, next best thing in the NFL. And then the majority of their draft picks, it just it didn't make a lot of sense to me why they pick certain players at certain positions. So Tampa Bay, I had them on my list of losers. And then the second team I had on my list, I'm actually going to go down to Houston because if there was one team that really goofed uh, this uh, in this uh, situation, it's going to be Houston. I mean, they went out and got a quarterback from Stanford, uh, Davis Mills. I think he'll be solid, but I don't think he'll be, you know, a generational type talent. And normally during day two, when you draft a quarterback, that's a guy that you're like, all right, if he get, if our guy gets injured, you're going to immediately come in. If our guy leaves, you're going to come in. I just don't see it. And then the rest of their draft picks, I mean, they picked up, you know, some tight ends over here. They picked some wide receivers over here. But there was no wow factor out there in Houston. So Houston Texans and I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as losers in the NFL draft. And before we change topics and before we go to the next one, I do want to ask everyone who's watching and Kings are, I'm going to ask you, when it came to the NFL draft, was there one pick or was there one trade that just made your jaw drop to the floor? Like you were just amazed that it happened. Like you weren't even like you weren't even like mad at it. You were just sitting there like they did what now? So you mean on the negative or on like the positive? It could be negative or positive. It's just something that amazed you. You were just like, wow. Um maybe a couple. Well, one one, and it's funny because I know there are teammates, but Parsons actually tweeted, it was funny. He sent a tweet out. And then I think he got picked right after the tweet. 
How the hell does Shaka Tony go in the seventh round? Washington, which I hate using my division. I, I'm a Penn State is my school. We just talked about Parsons and, you know, there's a good class this year that they had in the draft in general. Shaka Tony going in the seventh round is going to be a hell of a player. So that was my big moment. And then, you know, this one, I think. Your AC works overtime all summer. So be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. You know, everyone's talked about is Dylan Moses not getting drafted. But but I have been hearing his medical is not really looking that good. But he was a first round, you know, talent, you know, beforehand. So I'm not sure exactly what the medical report is reporting, but him going undrafted is insane to me. And then the one for me, uh, for anybody who needs context, University of Utah in the Pac-12. And I was just honestly surprised that there was no University of Utah guys that were drafted in this draft. I mean, University of Utah has a reputation of having at least one player drafted almost every single year. Last year, they had five that were taken in the NFL draft. So it was surprising that Utah didn't have anybody taken. I also, because I saw him play a couple of times, Jamar Jefferson, a running back from Oregon State, he went in the seventh round to Detroit. And we just heard very recently that Carryon Johnson was waived by the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, that's something you got to think about. So, uh, John, uh, Jefferson going seventh round to Detroit was surprising. And the fact that there was no University of Utah players taken in the draft. So, when it comes to the NFL, we talk about the players, we talk about quarterbacks. But one position, or more importantly, one side of the NFL that doesn't get that much attention, and I believe they should, is the head coaches and head coaches. There's this thing they call the hot seat where at the beginning of the year, your seat is either on flames or starting to get a little warm. So what we're going to do here on the sports angle is, you know, I will go with a head coach that I believe is on a hot seat. Kings are, you'll go, you'll go next. You'll give me one. And then if the audience has anybody they want to add, they can definitely do that as well. So the first head coach I have on the hot seat, the one that has the hottest seat right now, and I'm not surprised if he just doesn't get fired halfway through the season, is Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. I understand he won a Super Bowl uh, 25,000 years ago. <laughs> I understand that Sean Payton was there during the Drew Brees success. I get it. I also understand that he is part of the successful and esteemed uh, Bill Parcells coaching tree. I understand that. But the problem with Sean Payton is he is the definition of a great regular season head coach and a playoff dud. He's kind of similar to what Aaron Rodgers has been as a quarterback. Great regular season, terrible in the postseason. And that's what Sean Payton has really been. I mean, when's the last time that Sean Payton really took this team further than the divisional round? He really hasn't. I mean, they haven't made an NFC championship game since, ironically enough, 2009. That's how long ago it's been. So I think Sean Payton, with his lack of postseason success, if they get to a 1-5 start, if they struggle out of the gate, I won't be surprised if he gets fired. And I think he has the hottest seat out of all NFL head coaches. Kings are, who do you have? Well, I'm going to go at the top, and I'm going to go you know, to your home. And we're going to go with the uh, – we're going to go with Chucky. <laughs> we, we got we got to go with John Gruden. Uh, the man is 19 and 29. I mean, this man is making uh, Denzel Washington type money, I think, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> 10 million a year. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And I tell people his philosophies and his the way he, you know, 
you know, it's like when Washington brought back Joe Gibbs. I mean, yeah, it worked in, in the it worked in LA when they brought Vermeil back. You know, sometimes things just gotta fall in place. John Gruden, 19 and 29, three seasons. And here, here's what, what gets me when you dig a little deeper than just the record. If you look at those three seasons, he's been there, whatever the case. If you notice, they've played better. They have a better record in the first half of the season. And then they just fall apart. They collapsed uh, last year. I was, there, I was here for I don't that. have the exact records, but I, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. I watch them. You know, I see them in the 49ers all the time. And they all, when they, there was like one of those years, I think they started out five and two or whatever, but like they always collapse. So Denzel, you know, Mr. A actor money, this is put up or shut up. Go get Aaron Rodgers, go sell the house, whatever. But if, if, if there ain't no playoff berth this year, Chucky's getting axed. Easy for me. So you hear that, folks, all people who are listening live in Las Vegas. I mean, John Gruden on the hot seat, according to King Czar. And you know what? With him having part ownership, having a little stake in that ownership, it'd be interesting to see what a buyout would look like out there with Las Vegas. But I will go next, and I will include a second head coach. And I have to do it, King Czar. I know it's part of, I know it's part of you. I know. But I have to go with the guy who was underwhelming in Green Bay. I have to go with the guy that really didn't have that much moxie out there last year in Dallas, and I got to go with Mike McCarthy. Look, Jerry Jones, there's no denying it. He wants to win. Jerry Jones is the guy that, you know, he has that, you know, heart on his sleeve kind of mentality. And if Mike McCarthy for the second year in a row has an under 500 year in Dallas, I think he would be gone immediately from the Cowboys organization. I've also heard about the Kellen Moore situation, potentially having him pretty much have a promotion by head coach kind of situation. Like, Hey, you're going to sit here for a bit. Then you'll become head coach next year. So I think Mike McCarthy's on that list. And before uh, we go to the second person for you, what do you think about Mike McCarthy? Is his seat a little hot right now? See, my thing is this, and it's again, not being a Cowboy fan. We, we talked about this on another show. You know, I, I usually like to give, whether it's a rookie, a new coach, a new coordinator, you got to sometimes give them time to implement a system. So that's one. So I, I, I wouldn't do it after one season. Two, maybe. And, and like I said, if you go further, the further you go back, guys would usually get four or five years before it, it shortened up. Now, now people aren't as patient. So usually about three years. So I say it's a little too early for that. And also because we lost our best player and our whole offensive line. So I think the identity of the team was, was done. So I, to be honest, I won't hold that to McCarthy. So that, you know, with that and being the first year, He's personally not on my hot seat. Now, I'm a fan. I want to win. So if our team is predominantly healthy this year and we win like six games, you know, it's a bit bit different story. But going into the year, I'm going to say, no, he's not on the hot seat. So I won't agree with that. And then who is the second head coach you would have on your list that would be under a hot seat right now? Mr. Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, boy. Absolutely. So here's the thing. This team is under 500. So let's start with him. Okay. Here's here. Okay. Let me give him a shout first for being bold, for, for talking to Cardinals into doing something that no one never does. We just drafted a quarterback. We can't draft another quarterback. You know, we, you know, to, to me, decisions and taking a risk is how you win. So just because someone drafted a quarterback don't mean they, you got to get that man five years. We just talked about the patience. He didn't draft Rosen. Kyle Murray, I love Kyler Murray. So when oh, they I love said, him too, Kyler Murray. Right, so when they said that they were going to tr- draft him number one, everyone was like, oh, no, no way. You just drafted Rosen. My thing is this. I never was a Rosen fan. I called him a bust. And I know people are still saying, oh, he hasn't got the opportunity or wherever he goes. The man went, he's been on three, four, how many teams? And there's a track record of him not winning jobs or not performing. The man is a bust. Let it go. Get him out of here. 
But for that man to do that and be bold enough to bring in Colin Murray, that already turned that franchise around. But Kingsbury should have never got that job in the first place. He had an under 500 record in college. One. He's UCLA. under 500. I had Arizona winning the division. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going with them one more time. I'm picking them to win the division this year. And it may be the toughest division. But if that, if they don't, he had a good start this year. They choked, they fell off too when they came in the second half. Mm -hmm. Right. So this year, well, what they brought in, Kyler Murray's third season, they brought, I mean, they had a, you know, we just just the team, they brought in a JJ Watt, you know, to go opposite, you know, pass mm -hmm. rush should be there. You know, they did lose, Green, all right. Them, yeah. They did lose Patrick Peterson. So that's gonna hurt a little bit, but I don't care. This team has to, they don't have to win a division. They have to make the wild card. Unless again, Kyler Murray gets hurt or something crazy like that. But I don't care if that's your quarterback or not. They're going to get separated. If they don't make the playoffs or make any noise or what they brought in, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now we will do one more, like one more final one. I had Mike McCarthy and I had uh, Sean Payton for my list. You had John Gruden and you had Cliff Kingsbury. I'll end my list by saying that Vic Fangio, the former defense coordinator for the Chicago Bears, look at the Denver Broncos start out to a poor start. Even if they don't even get Aaron Rodgers, let's say a true lock is their quarterback. If they start out, you know, three and nine, you know, 12 games in, I just don't think that they'll keep him around. I also believe, and I'm not trying to be a homer here, I think he's better as a defensive coordinator than he is as a head coach. Look, let's just address the facts. There are some people who are better as coordinators than they are head coaches. So Vic Fangio, I think he's in that category. If Denver starts out poor, I think Vic Fangio would most definitely be on that list of uh, coaches that'd be on the hot seat. Let's go to you, Kings R, for your last one. <laughs> now, now you ain't gonna like this one. <laughs> so you know where oh, I'm going boy. with it, <laughs> Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. I mean, again, it's just simple production for me. So obviously, he came right after the Trubisky madness, or you know, mm -hmm. which set the you know again drafting the wrong quarterback set you back about five. So, you know, we've seen it. Uh, that's why again, Kingsbury did stop that five, six year of being held back because, you know, he did bring in the right guy. I just don't think he's that great of a coach. So anyway, first season, phenomenal. Past expectations, what, 12 and four? It was around there, yeah. Great, ahead of schedule, right? Ever since then, downhill. Now, obviously, again, management, what they did, Tim, you know, decision in the quarterback, but now, again, we're talking three seasons. This is season number four. You you bring in, you know, what I what I call them. You, you bring in Carrot Top, you know, who <laughs> who is a, another bridge quarterback, but mm -hmm. with a good team. Dalton does. He, he's a he's a decent quarterback. Oh, he's a solid quarterback. Yeah. Right. So then you go up and you get Fields. Now that's just going to kind of suck if they don't have that great of a season. And he's not able to work with Fields and kind of develop. But I just think year four, you know, you got to win. You know, you, you, your, your team, Chicago has always had a sound defense. You lose players, you seem to replace them very well on defense. You know, I like the wide receiver core of Robinson, Miller, and I like Mooney, you know. Of um, course, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you got the, the tight end who was the best tight end in the draft last year. Cole Komet. Um, your running backs finally played last half of the season. So I'm expecting big things from, uh, what's his name? Your, your RB. Montgomery. Montgomery. Man, I was, man, I don't know. I'm like, where, where has this been? So I think next year he comes in and he, and he's a running back one, like for sure. So I just think, you know, being year four, you know, you bring in the vet, you, you, you got to me the second best quarterback in the draft. And I think he's the most ready to play in the NFL outside of Trevor Lawrence. So it's put a, this is put a, in that division, especially if Aaron Rodgers is gone, that's Chicago's division for the taking. So it's opened up. There you go. So 
Uh, Nagy, time to ball. Time to ball. Now, uh, before we go and take a quick break here on the sports angle, I want to go to the comments. I want your voice to be heard. Uh, Gruden will never be gone, exclamation point. He is part of the ownership and being released would not sit well with him and he could retaliate. Oh boy, the legal side of it. Yeah, how fun is that conversation? Um, I agree with Arizona. That team is the hottest seat of all teams to not use the draft to get better and they cannot rely on Murray uh, dependently. Um, You know what? I could see that. And then one final comment. Thanks to the person who who, uh, found this out on on uh, Twitter, you brought up the whole Rosen and Murray back-to-back drafts. It actually has happened three times in the Super Bowl era. It happened in 1966 and 1967. Miami Dolphins took Rick Norton and Bob Greasy. The Colts in 1982 and 1983 took Art Schlichter and John Elway. And then 2018-2019 was the Arizona Cardinals. So, so thanks for giving us that fun fact. I mean, did you know that? Right. I didn't know that. I, I Even the Elway. I mean, of course, the 60-something, I ain't going to know that. But <laughs> the Elway, yeah, I mean, he was obviously a, a, a can't-miss prospect and dictated where he went. So, yeah, no, that, that was a re- that would have been a good trivia <laughs> right there. Yeah, that most definitely would have been. We yeah. could have done that for a trivia show sometime. Yeah. I so, would have guessed it never happened. So we are here with King Czar. Um, now the NBA, now I know we talked about NFL for the last 45 minutes. I like to transition over to the, uh, hard top, but the NBA season, I mean, have you watched a lot of it? Kings are like, have you been like, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, diehard fan, the NBA this year? Well, basketball is actually my favorite sport of the three. I mean, I'm hardcore of those three plus add boxing and MMA. Those are the five that I really follow. Um, but I, I love it. I've been following it to the bone. So um, I'm, I'm playoffs is around the corner. I'm ready. So for today's show, I want to talk about the criticism of Russell Westbrook. There's been a lot of people who are analysts. There's been a lot of people who are, you know, journalists and people who are talking heads. They criticize Russell Westbrook all the time. And a NBA Hall of Famer in Oscar Robinson came out and actually defended him and said that the criticism is kind of unwarranted. You know, the fact that he plays that certain style, he shouldn't be criticized as heavily as he is. Do you think Oscar Robinson has a point there? Or do you think that Oscar Robinson is kind of, you know, defending the wrong situation here? Oh, no, no. I'm a big Russell Westbrook defender. I'm old school. I'm 80s, 90s. I, I talk trash about this era. I call it the cupcake era, the the softy era, the super team player built era, no competition. I want to join you era. And Russell, Russell Westbrook, we they always talk about what players from today would have made it in the 80s, you know, not you know, mid-early 90s with the physicality, you know, the the rules, you know, everything is not a foul. Like you go in the middle, you get knocked the F down. And Russell Westbrook, there's only a few I can think of. He's a straight-up throwback. He he doesn't need that. He wants to beat everybody. He don't. He don't. He don't, he's not asking for no one. He. I mean, he's not your friend on the court laughing with you. He's trying to throw it down your throat like all day long. Like he has that killer mentality. He starts fights all the time, of course. Man, dude, he has that killer mentality. The, this dude's by the average, a triple-double, four seasons. I don't care if you want to say he's chasing a stat. You don't think other players are trying to chase stats and to be successful? So you're just saying, okay, you know what? No one ever averaged a triple-double. Oscar Robinson, the last one to do it was the 70s. You know what, this year, I'm going to chase a triple-double. You think that's what he said the first season he did it? And he did it? Okay, if he did say that and he did it, shh. Okay, that's like, hey, you know what? I want a million dollars. You know, if you broke, I'm going to go get a million dollars. Like, to me, just because he says he's going to do it or he's chasing it, you still got to do that. And, and to do it for four years as a point guard? Incredible. 20, 21, 24, what do you have, 21 rebounds the other night? 21. 
Yeah. Like, dude, it's crazy. No, he's not the three-point shooter that this cupcake area is. The man is a basketball player. And yes, yes, the coach went over a little bit talking about he's going to be the second best point guard all the time. And I don't know if you heard the rant or whatever. Yeah. But but he's a hell of a player. And I think he's just as good as Curry Lillard. I've been saying it for day one, but because Curry got rings because he's played with Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you know, this great system. It's a team sport. Russell Westbrook is just as good as any of these point guards in any of these eras. I don't know where I would rank them. Yes, Magic is one. Isaiah Thomas is two for me. After that is where I can put a lot of different people. I could actually see him as high as three. I'm not saying he is three, but potentially. One and two, it's hard to pass. And I'm not an Isaiah fan because I'm a Jordan fan, even though he went to Indiana University. But the man is a hell of a player. I just love the demeanor. He's not from the cupcake era. He just plays in it. And the dude is a stud. As we're talking about the NBA here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with King Czar. You know, I agree that Russell Westbrook, he does get some very harshly criticism for really nothing. Like a lot of people talk about, oh, he's a very selfish player. And I go, it's the NBA. Hasn't there been a lot of players in history that have been selfish? Hasn't there been a lot of guys who've been wanting to do it for themselves? So I've always felt like that's kind of a flawed argument when analysts say that. And, you know, speaking of like arguments, people have brought up the fact that Russell Westbrook, he's gotten injured in the past. And it got me thinking about injuries and the fact that there actually has been a uh, uh, increase in injuries in the NBA this season. We've seen guys like Trey Young, Kemba Walker. We've had Jamal Murray, LeBron, AD. Like all these players are getting injured. Do you think that there is a reason for why these injuries are going up this season? Could it be the strength and conditioning? Could it be uh, the fatigue? Could it be the schedule back to back to back to back to back? What could be the reason for why these injuries have gone up this season? Oh, I'm going to tell you exactly why. And I was just talking about this too. What, what is this time? Oh, man, I'm an 80s, 90s guy. I'm going to continue to say it. What is this time management? And I'm in fantasy and yes, yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. But every day I'm seeing these healthy players Oh, I got to change my lineup up oh, time management, Trey young, who's 22 years old, sitting down time management, Kawhi Leonard time management, you know, Giannis, they're out for rest. When have, I know you're younger, but in our day, brother Jordan, I mean, you know, all, dude, there was no such thing as not playing. They played every day due to rest. So my opinion, I think it's working against them. Playing, playing, going at it, practicing, playing these games. Your body is you. It's, it's what they call it, muscle memory. Like your body, this is what you do. As long as you condition, you stay in shape, your body is every year. We play 82 games. My body knows this. We practice here and here. But when I go take stretches off or not practice or sit out this game or sit out that game, your body like, oh, man, I'm resting right now. Oh, we're playing now? Okay, I'm not used to that. Now I'm resting. And I just think it's giving your body wrong signals. And I'm telling you, this is crazy to me. And I think the problem is, again, they're being too soft on these players. And the body goes one way, this way, and that way. And that's it. Because it's a softer league. It definitely ain't the physicality that's injuring these players. So that's my opinion. It's like they're way too soft. These are millionaire players. You know, these athletes I hear when I argue with people, oh, today's athletes are more physical, they're faster, they're stronger, they're more this. Well, then what's wrong with them? Why can't they play these drooling 82-game seasons, you know, these seven-game playoff series? Well, and, and there was no time management. So to me, dude, I laugh at that argument. And I think that's the problem. It's just, it's silly. Yeah, I understand that. So we're talking about, you know, injuries in the NBA here on the sports angle. Now, let me ask this because I'm going to try to flip it here. Is it possible that because these superstars have gotten injured this year, that they might double down on the load management instead of actually letting up on it? Is it possible that because LeBron got injured, because AD got injured, 
Now, all of a sudden, they're going to want to take more days off next season because of the fact that they got injured the year before. Well, I think they would want to, but they're finding teams now for that. The Toronto Raptors, which I don't get. Toronto Raptors just won a championship two years ago. Last year, they were like a three seed. This year, they could have easily been in the playing game, if not an eight seed. And for some reason, they started tanking. Sitting Lowry rest, sitting Siakam rest. And they so Lowry actually just recently started playing because they said fines were coming their way because there are people going to these games, ticket. I know mm-hmm. it ain't the same as it was, but you know, these stars are playing and taking for whatever reason. I don't know who they're who they're targeting in the draft, but I don't think they're gonna let these teams double down. And I think they need to start finding more. Don't just don't just threaten. If there's there should be no such thing in my opinion as sitting out due to rest. You're a, you're making 10 million, 20 million, whatever the case, there should be no such thing. You should not, if a coach want to give you a practice off, that's internal, that's cool. You should not be sitting out because of rest. Now, if you want to be on a minutes restriction, coming back from an injury, I'm cool with that. There should not be a healthy player sitting out because I'm resting. No way. So the last question we're going to get into here on the end, here on the sports angle, talking about the NBA, the play in tournament, there have been people like LeBron. There's been NBA players who've been moaning and groaning about it. And then there are coaches and executives who believe that it is great for the NBA. So what's your opinion on it? Are you in favor of it or are you not? Well, one, I, I gotta, I gotta take my shot at Mister, Mister Player, Super Team Era Creator, Mister LeBron's James, for just last year. Oh man, who, who, you know, Memphis? Uh, uh, I don't know who, New Orleans, Sacramento. They should all have a little tournament. Mister LeBron James said this now because the Lakers are in the sixth seed and falling off. Oh man, whoever said that, whoever made that up should be fired. You made you said that. Like, you know what I mean? So d- d- dude, uh, dude, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm gonna drop that. Uh, I, I can't stand this dude, man. Like, <laughs> I tell you, man, don't compare that dude to Michael Jordan, dude. Stop it. Stop it. I, I love it. I, I'm for tradition, the one through eight. Um, you know, do I want this permanently? I don't know. Because, you know, obviously, you know, I grew up, you know, it's one through eight, one through eight, you know. But we had the pandemic. It changed things up. We did it last year. It was cool. You know, Phoenix almost got in. They went 7-0. and They just missed about one game. That made it exciting for those teams down there. I, I think it's, I, I'm good with it. Now, I don't know if I want it permanent. I have no problem with them doing it again. You know, like I wanted baseball to kind of do that 18 playoffs that they did last year. I thought that was fine. And then at the trade deadline, not so many teams are selling and getting rid of their players because they still have a chance to make the playoffs and right. make a run. Right. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm for it because, again, I'm from an old school era. I like competition. So that's, that's, that's 10 teams or 11 teams, maybe even 12, that are not tanking, and they're going for that because you get in, you get that playoff spot. You got a chance to make to the playoffs. I'm all for it. I also am going to take it from a different perspective. It kind of limits the tanking perspective as well. I mean, tanking over the last decade and a half has really been a huge problem in the NBA. Well, if you make a play in tournament and 20 of the 30 teams in the NBA get into the playoffs with this play in tournament, then it kind of limits, you know, unless you're Houston or Minnesota, you actually have a chance of maybe making it at the end of the day. So with the NBA, I'm all for the play in tournament. Now we have about 60 seconds left here on the sports angle. Uh, Kings are, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, uh, all your social media. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I get in the round. I actually got some things in the works, which, you know, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but right now, you know, I'm in a little circle. We got some great podcasts. You guys, I'm going to give some, I'm going to plug some people. Uh, Ignorant Thinkers podcast with Dennis. Make sure you check that out. Um, stay tuned. You know, with stay tuned, we, you know, that's, that's a big one. Uh, make sure you follow follow them on uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, on all platforms. Um, guess what Chocolate said? 
you know, make sure you follow Sharon Mullins. Um, you know, we're doing big things and obviously the sports angle, you know, I'm going to be here with Rocco, uh, Monday Night Madness with, with, with Dre, you know, we, we got a nice circle of things happening and uh, you'll, you'll see me dipping and dabbing all over. Um, and I'm just, you know, we're just trying to bring y'all, you know, our, how we look at things and, you know, bring what's interesting to the world and just keep this, keep this, you know, this, the sport world, movie world, whatever the case, keep it going. So I appreciate you having me on the show tonight. Well, absolutely. And this is the sports angle. We're here Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Follow me on social media at Rocco Kelly and follow the show at The Sports Angle. And go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the articles we have on there. So this is The Sports Angle. And until next time, rock on, and we'll see you later. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month, which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ community. Because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.